everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our Y&R chat for Sunday, February 26th, 2017. Top story right now, Lauren's son Scott, or Scotty, has been magically transformed into a hunky, rugged-looking war reporter. <laughs> I'm totally, totally into this, based solely upon the photos of the new Scott. I'm loving it. The guy hasn't even made his screen debut, and I'm already trying to hook him up all over the place. Who is going to be Scott's romance, his first romance in Genoa City? Um, I think that Ashley could use a man. Uh, you never know. That could create some rivalry there between her and Lauren, if Lauren doesn't like it. Or even, what about Phyllis? Phyllis and Lauren are getting along so well right now, but I wonder how Lauren would feel if Phyllis started dating her son. <laughs> or hey, even Sharon. Sharon is, she's Miss Independent right now. I'm not saying I want to rush her into another relationship. I'm just saying we have a new man in town and I, I want to hook him up. We've got a couple new men in town, actually. We've got Jordan on the market, who I think would be a really good match for, I don't know, I mean, I guess the obvious ones would be Lily or Hillary, but we could certainly pair him up with Mariah or Abby. Uh, there's a lot of potential there that, uh, that I can't wait to explore, but until then... <laughs> For now, uh, until the uh, Scott's uh, sexy, curly, dark locks make their way onto our screens, uh, he is missing. He is missing on assignment. Uh, he has been in the Middle East. He has been in Asia traveling, doing war reporting, and it has been learned that they can't get a hold of him now. He's he's missing, and all week. All week, Lauren has been completely wrecked. She has this sense of anxiety, wondering where he could be, if anything is really wrong, or if there is something, uh, some other plausible explanation. She feels in her heart that something is wrong. Uh, she can barely eat. She can barely get herself showered. And I must say that she somehow, though, managed to look stunning <laughs> in her cozy, dressed-down wear. Uh, she had on this gray sweater sweatshirt and sweatpants, and the sweatpants had a little heart on the pocket. It was adorable. I, Lauren's dressed down look is my everyday look. <laughs> I try to justify it saying saying I'm I'm wearing yoga pants but you know around the house but let me tell you I'm not doing any yoga in them. <laughs> They're sweatpants and I wear them all the time. <laughs> but she looked great uh, and I love the other sweater that she had on at the very end it had like a hole cut out of the shoulder which I really hate but she pulled off. She's just looking fabulous this week even though she's going through hell and she has a right to be concerned. I like this story because it's also folding in some Y&R history, which we've now just come to expect and appreciate about these new writers. But this is not the first time that Scott has been kidnapped. Back in the day, if I'm correct, and I wasn't watching at this particular time, uh, but I believe that Sheila Carter stole Lauren's baby Scott and tried to pass him off as her own. So this is something that is haunting 
Lauren, I mean, that doesn't go away. That, you know, having something like that happen to you, a stolen baby, is not just going to leave your mind. I think that Lauren has always been especially protective of him. And I do remember that from when the last actor played Scott. He was on the show. I mean, I don't know. It's probably been a decade or so, or maybe, maybe, maybe less, uh, but since the other actor played him. But Lauren's always felt particularly protective of him uh, for a, a, a good reason. Um, even though there's very little info about Scott's whereabouts right now, she just has this sinking feeling that something's not right and that he's being held against his will. And then at the very, very end of Friday's show, Lauren has been waiting for a phone call, waiting for some kind of word. Her cell phone rings. She goes to pick it up and there's a man's voice on the other line saying, uh, give me $10 million or your son Scott Granger dies. It was, it, it really, it, it actually gave me the creeps. She, her picking up the phone and hearing this very cold, disembodied voice saying that they want $10 million or we're going to kill your son. And you just know that it's serious business. I actually found that to be a very chilling moment, almost something out of a horror story or something. I honestly feel a little bit skeptical that Sheila has anything to do with it. There's always the possibility, but to me, I'm getting the overall feeling that this is a new story for us, the viewers, but for Lauren, it's like reliving a nightmare over and over again. I'm sure in her mind, she's thinking, am I going to have to repeat this nightmare on a loop until the day I die? I, I cannot imagine what that would feel like as a mother to have your your child held hostage. I mean, they are demanding $10 million, which I don't know if it's going to be a problem for, for Lauren to scrape that together, given everything that's gone on with Fenmore's lately, but I am sure that she is going to try to come up with that money any way she can. I'm, it looked like from the preview of Monday's show, Paul is going to try to maybe talk her out of that. She's just like, I want to, I mean, that's what you would do as a mother. If you had the, the money, you'd be like, I just give him the money. I, I want my son. I will do anything. I, I Give, I you know drain my bank account to save my son, uh, and yet I, I kind of get the feeling that Paul he must be working with the FBI or something. But I have a feeling he's going to try to talk her out of just forking over the cash and maybe trying to catch the people. But um, I, I can't blame Lauren for the situ for you know for wanting to just pay up. Uh, it, it really is terrifying. I think this is going to be a compelling story moving forward. The thing that surprises me the most about it is that it seems like just like that. Lauren has been removed from the whole Fenmore's storyline. I don't think that she's going to be focused on business at all. I think she's going to leave that to Phyllis. Uh, and and uh, honestly, uh, I, I I love their friendship right now. Um, I liked that while uh, Lauren was going through hell waiting for a word about Scott, Phyllis was right there trying to do what she could to support her, but also distract her with business. Uh, they're working on a new app for Fenmore's. Uh, which Phyllis kind of brushes away. Eh, you know, uh, yeah, this may be a problem, uh, a conflict with the app that Ashley's developing, but whatever. Well, they'll just have to deal with it. I think that Lauren is going to be focused on her son, obviously. Phyllis is going to be working on uh, Lauren's behalf, and I think it's going to put her right butting heads with Ashley in just another way. Ashley and Phyllis are already fighting for resources at the new company, the new resources 
the resources being named Ravi. It's ridiculous to me how in the middle of these two powerful women, Ravi really is. And he just gets pulled in either direction, depending on who he's in the room with. I I feel bad for him. Uh, There was this just uncomfortable moment this week where Ravi's talking with Phyllis. They had just gone out to the bar on Valentine's Day. They're, they're being friends. It's work. You're socializing with, with your other colleagues. Ashley is practically hiding in the bushes, peering over, trying to get a, you know listen up to what they're talking about and, and getting jealous. I mean, literally, Ashley looked like a jealous little schoolgirl over in the corner biting her nails and just not not happy that another girl is talking to the boy that she likes. Uh, you know, I. it's like, and then the other thing, it really bothered me that Ashley goes to Ravi and talks to him afterward about talking to Phyllis. He, he, she essentially said, Phyllis is a mean girl. You shouldn't be talking to her. I don't like you talking to Phyllis. And then it makes Ravi feel all guilty. I felt bad for Ravi. He's trying to please two different bosses, in essence, here. And Ashley is being so possessive. I loved, I loved the way... Uh, Ashley and Phyllis butted heads over Ravi, and uh, Ashley said something to the effect of, you know, I don't like to, I don't want you to corrupt Ravi. He is a, a, a nice kid who hasn't been jaded by people like you. And Phyllis quipped back immediately and said, uh, Ravi's not a kid, he's a man. Remember those? Oh, burn! Burn, burn, burn! That was probably one of the best lines of the week, although there were so very many. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Ashley, remember men? I can't wait to find out where we're taking Ashley's character. I think this is so interesting, Uh, yet she's being so immature, right? I I, I just, I I don't know if that's setting up a relationship with uh, her and Ravi. On the surface, it almost seems like there's a weird, uh, unexpected triangle happening there between Phyllis and Ravi and Ashley, but I, the more I think about it, even though I really, really love Ashley and Ravi's friendship. I don't think I want to see it develop into a relationship. I just feel like Ashley's the boss. She would have all of the power in the relationship, no matter how cute they are together, no matter how much they relate. If Ravi if Ravi quit the company, then maybe it would be a different story, but I just don't want to see, I don't want to get the feeling like like Ashley is, is, is too powerful and he's just following along with her lead. And likewise, even though I like Ravi having a little bit of a, 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 a friendship with Phyllis, at the same time, I don't want to see them in a relationship together. I feel like Phyllis would chew him up and spit him out. Hey, if Jack can find a little bit of loving on the side, uh, then so should Ashley. So, (laughs) Jack is sleeping with Gloria. (laughs) It's not just the one time, oh, we were drunk, that should never happen again. It is Jack sleeping with Gloria. Hillary saw him coming out of Gloria's hotel room and he admitted to it later on in the week. Do do you know what that means, you guys? I mean, come on. That was what all of the text messages were about on Valentine's Day. Jack slept with Gloria one time and then he went back for more. (laughs) I mean, 
dying. I was not expecting it. Not only was I not expecting them to sleep together in the first place, but the fact that Jack liked it enough to go back sober. I mean, I assume he's sober, but ugh, it's that is it, that that is like the blow my mind storyline right now. Never saw it coming. I mean, it just like whizzed past me and now I've got whiplash. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't know if he's serious about her. I don't know if she's serious about him. It's the weirdest dynamic. I feel like it is a good topic for a poll this week. I mean, are you guys liking this? Do you, are, I mean, are you cringing when you see Gloria and Jack together? Would you like to see them have a somewhat even serious relationship? YRChat.com. Let's get some votes and some comments on this craziness this week. I really, really want to hear how you guys feel about Jack and Gloria. Should should we take it to the next level? Are you fine with where it is? Or are you gagging at your screen and not in a good way? Um, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like just the 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 whole thing i mean especially oh gosh the massage session in jack's office left me literally cupping my mouth like my mouth was wide open i was cupping my mouth covering it i i cannot believe this is happening to me right now i mean it was it was it was thrilling yet totally uncomfortable i felt so uncomfortable just that it was going on and then to see michael's face catching them through this the open door as soon as Gloria walked into his office and didn't close the door behind. I made a note of it. I thought, oh no, who's going to come in here and overhear who knows what? It was Michael. He had to see... It was it was like a double entendre because Gloria's like getting up in there with her shoulder rubbing on Jack's neck and he's going, yeah, yeah, right there. And I mean, ew, 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 ew. <laughs> it was too much. I felt so bad for that for that guy. I mean, for, for Michael, like no, no son should ever, ever have to catch his mother in any kind of situation implied or explicit. It was I felt terrible, terrible for him. <laughs> Next week's going to be good, though. <laughs> the previews for Monday's show have Michael confronting Jack and saying, what are your intentions with my mother? <laughs> like he's going to get all protective all of a sudden. That's what I want to know. I want that question answered. What are Jack's intentions with uh, with uh, with his mother? I mean, I, I kind of I feel like if Jack and Gloria were to have an actual relationship, I would be OK with it. As long as it wasn't Jack using Gloria or Gloria using... I, 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 I wouldn't want it to be one-sided, I guess is the thing. If they're both as consenting adults getting it on and maybe developing a little bit of romance down the road, I'm 100% for it. I just don't want to feel, I guess in the same way as I do with Ravi and Ashley, I don't want to feel like there's an imbalance of, of power there. But in, I mean, in general, I really like seeing Gloria at Jack's office, even if we take the sexual stuff off the table. I think it's good to see her there. Um, I love the way that he told her to get off his desk. I mean, she comes in there, she's just sitting on it, and he's like, get off my desk, I have a corporation to run. There's just something about Gloria that, it's like every scene she she's in, she just creates a different 
kind of atmosphere than anybody else on the show. She's a completely unique character. There is no other Gloria. There is nobody else that even comes close to being like Gloria. I like the way Judith Chapman plays it. I like the character. I like, I just, I, not like I would want to hang out with her like her, but I just, I like what she brings uh, to, to the landscape here. Um, and I, I like seeing her slinking <laughs> around Jack's office. And somehow, oddly, since Gloria and Jack have been involved, uh, he's become kind of a nicer guy. I mean, he's maybe it's just, maybe it's a ruse. Maybe Jack will turn evil again. But this week he was actually being a little bit sweet, not only toward, Laura, you know, Michael and Lauren and her situation, but I loved that he went to go see Jill. I mean, at the beginning of the week, he was kind of taunting Jill. When are you going to get my money to buy these Fenmore shares? And then when he found out that she had the heart attack, he went to visit her. He brought her a gift, the jack-in-the-box, which really delighted her. I, I loved that YNR came up with that idea, and then, is that is that a throwback from something before? I mean, I know they had an affair at one point, but I don't remember the jack-in-the-box being a thing before. If it, if, if it was, please, please tell me. Uh, it may not have been new, but I liked that YNR took the moment to actually show Jill doing the crank and, and showing the little guy, bump, jump, showing Jack jumping out of the box, and she, you know, it startled her, and she laughed at it, and I just thought that was so sweet of him. Uh, I like that he is kind of holding off. He could probably sell Fenmore's to somebody else, but he's holding out because he wants Jill to be the one to to, to get it, and I thought that was really, really sweet. It's nice to see him uh, being human right now. I liked when he took the blanket and covered her up on the couch. It was really, really sweet. Now, Here's an idea. I don't know if you guys would, would like this or, or get down with this or whatever. You'll have to leave me comments about this, too. But what about a Jack-Jill-Gloria triangle? Colin is a frog. Colin will never be a prince. If Colin was feeling insecure about the fact that Jill made more money than him and that he wasn't contributing as much as she was financially to their marriage, then he should have just talked to her about it. Whoa! Crazy idea! He didn't have to go and gamble with her life savings. Everything that that woman has managed to scrape together for her entire lifetime, he gambled it away in one instant? Hey, Colin! Here's a novel thought. If you had this great investment deal lined up, then why didn't you just present it to Jill? If it was a really good idea, if it was legitimate, then she would have leapt at it and she would have thanked him. You didn't have to go behind her back and spend all her money to do it. I was somehow hoping that Colin would be redeemed this week. And although I feel that he is sorry. I believe that Colin is remorseful because he got caught and he got punished, but I can't, I can't forgive him for this, even if it had all worked out and he had made a fortune for her, it was still wrong. It was still wrong, wrong, wrong. And, I, you know, I, I, I want to like Colin, but he really ticked me off this week. He was unceremoniously banished 
from the Chancellor Mansion. I mean, Esther and Billy even donated his clothes to charity. It seems a little harsh, I'm sure, if you're a Colin fan or supporter. But at the same time, I mean, he practically stole the clothes off Jill's back, so screw him. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess the thing is, I, although... I, 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 I'm mad at Colin. I, I, and I do get where Billy and Esther are coming from. It does bug me that, especially Billy, is treating Jill like she's not allowed to make these decisions these decisions for herself. She's a grown woman. Colin is her husband. And a marriage is between those two people. It's not between those two people plus your son plus the maid. <laughs> you know? I mean, I appreciate all of their concerns, but like, especially that scene in the hospital before she came home where uh, Billy is telling her that they kicked uh, Colin out of the mansion and that she's he essentially is telling her she's not allowed to see him. It felt really disrespectful to me. That's your mom, Billy. You don't tell her how to live her life. If she chooses to turn around and and, you know, who knows, eat eat unheart healthy meals for the rest of her life. That's her decision. If she does decide to go back to Colin, then that's her decision. You're, you don't have the right to make these decisions for her. And it bothered me the way Billy came off as very oppressive. I mean, look, Jill did it to him plenty of times. She has no problem bossing him around. But I don't care. That's still your mom. And he was being disrespectful to her, I felt, in that moment. Jill is vulnerable right now. She's alone right now. That scene, especially when she told Billy to go away and she's turned her head away from him. And he said, I love you. And she didn't say anything back. It, it just broke my heart for her. For her. There was this, a shot uh, uh, from sort of the ceiling and it was sh uh, shooting down on her bed and we just see her alone there in her hospital bed you know and and Colin had made a point in the week that Billy's ultimately going to go back to Victoria and he's going to be all wrapped up in her life Kane has his life and will ultimately side with Colin uh, who do you have and that was a very, very powerful moment. And I think that's what's in Jill's mind right now. She feels very alone. She feels very uh, vulnerable. She is going to have to have a complete overhaul of her life if she wants to live. She's going to be on medication. She's going to have to have a diet change. She's going to have no alcohol. And on top of it, no Colin. Jill is giving up a lot in order to continue living. And I think she is alone right now and looking for guidance. And so Catherine appears. Oh my gosh. Okay. What did you guys think about Ghost Catherine? Because I, I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I felt really uneasy about it when Jill looked. She looked over, and this just ghostly vision of Catherine is sitting in the chair. It just it made me feel kind of uncomfortable. I don't know. Like it, it really didn't look natural. Um, and it, it, it was, it was like supernatural, honestly. But I. I I only watched it once. I didn't go back and watch it again because it just made me feel a little weird. I, I really want to... I, everything I saw so far from comments was that everybody 
really, really liked it. And I, and I don't know what it was about it that just, it just, it made me uncomfortable. I would have been happy with just the flashbacks that we saw. I thought those were phenomenal and they were so relevant to what was going on with uh, the situation. I mean, first we had Catherine catching Jill and Colin in bed together. That was fun. Uh, and then we also had a scene in the living room where uh, it's Jill and Catherine and Colin's off in the background and Catherine hauls off and just smacks Jill in the mouth because they're arguing about the men in their life. Jill sees Murphy as, uh, I don't know, I think she was implying that Murphy was a gold digger. Uh, and and But, I mean, Collins right back there behind her and, you know, knowing what becomes of their future, that he gambles away all the money she had. It was like a huge told-you-so moment from beyond the grave. I mean, you know Catherine is looking down on Jill and saying, I told you so. <laughs> she would not have pulled that punch <laughs> even from the afterlife. So, maybe Maybe, maybe that's why the uh, the superimposed ca ghost Catherine appeared to us this week. It just looked weird to me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I would be freaked out. I guess I felt like I was seeing a ghost and it made me uncomfortable, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but... The final scene that we saw uh, from the flashback was uh, Jill uh, talking to Catherine about her health. And in the scene, uh, oh gosh, Catherine has this line where she tells Jill, I'm not going anywhere. And that just made me cry. It just, I just was so, I was just so touched by that moment. Because um, uh, in a way, you know, it, it, on the surface, of course she did. She did go somewhere. She died. But um, at the same time, she is still very, very much with Catherine and still very much with us. As soon as Jill saw Catherine, I knew right then and there that it was over between her and Colin. It was um, it was really her last straw. It was her realizing that she had made a mistake and not wanting to repeat it. Uh, Colin ends up showing up in her hospital room with the biggest pouty face I've ever seen and a bouquet of of, of tulips, which is just it's 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 not enough. How did you buy them, Jill? with my money. Uh, it's just, it's really, truly terrible. And even though he is doing his best to explain himself, there is no good excuse for what he has done. And then he had the nerve, by the way, to disparage Catherine and her memory. I wanted to stab him. <laughs> I wanted to, like, stab him repeatedly. How dare you? I jump through my screen and tackle him, choke him to death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, it just, it, he, he literally said, uh, Catherine was worse to you than I have ever been. You should be dancing on her grave. How dare he say that? Dancing on her grave? How do you know Jill and not know that Jill and Catherine's relationship, although rivalrous, was loving? There was a, a through line of love through there, especially uh, in the later years. So, I, I mean, unless he was making some kind of joke that I didn't get and that was not appropriate for the occasion, uh, there, there is, Jill loved Catherine and Catherine loved Jill and she would never, ever say that she wanted to dance on her grave. The only thing I, I did think, I was, I'm trying to understand Colin's point of view and he did say, Catherine was worse to you than I ever was. And I was wondering if anybody out there would care to comment on whether or not 
not you think that's true. Is there any chance that Catherine has been worse to Jill than Colin? I mean, you gotta, you gotta say, Catherine was pretty bad to Jill. Jill was pretty bad to Catherine over the years. I don't know. He might possibly have had that one correct, but still. <laughs> How dare you? Ugh. I was glad that Jill got released from the hospital so very quickly. She's back at home on her couch looking beautiful. I mean, <laughs> she looked really great considering she was down and out. Uh, but she is now in a period where she has to move forward in a completely different way. Her life is totally changed in every single facet. So she's invoking the power of Catherine, trying to figure out how she's going to move on. And I loved that we have a new portrait of Catherine in the living room. That is new, right? I don't think I've ever seen that before. We had a pen that pencil sketch of her in the hallway, I think, at, at a point. But I don't think we've seen that, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong. But I don't, I don't think I remember seeing that portrait before, but Jill was looking at it and, and talking to Catherine and, and saying out loud that uh, that she, at least she's wavering. She's saying, I know that Colin, uh, you know, is a frog, but he's my frog. Maybe I don't want a prince. Maybe I want my Colin. I mean, she loves the man, whether or not it's a good idea to be with him. And that's something that probably Catherine uh, could relate to. I loved thinking about Catherine's uh, past relationships. I definitely remember Rex uh, the, uh, saying, or Jill said that that was the love of Catherine's life. She said something about, oh my gosh, something about the stable boys, about Catherine riding the stable boys. <laughs> I thought that, that, that gave me a chuckle. The writing is just so darn good this week. But Jill has far more important things to deal with right now than her love life. She has a quest to regain her shares uh, and Jack's shares of Fenmore's. And it's going to take a lot of scrambling to, to scrape together that amount of money. Hey, if Jack wanted to actually make sure that Jill got the, uh, the, the company, he could lower the price a little bit. I mean, he could accept her original offer. I guess he's not too, too nice to her right now. But but I, I'm glad. I'm glad to see that Jill is going to have a purpose. She's going to have a goal to work through. Um, and I, I don't know what becomes of her relationship with Colin. I mean, he's 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 <laughs> he's hanging out with homeless men now. He's a homeless man. <laughs> uh, but I I I I can't believe that YNR would bring Colin back onto the scene just to break them up, or did they? I don't know. I I, I do. Do like the rapport between the actors. I'm sure I'll find a way to forgive him somewhere down the road. I don't know. It's not going to be immediately uh, right now, but I think that the two actors, um, Jess Walton and Tristan Rogers, do have a lot of chemistry together. Uh, and, and and I don't know. I wonder if he's going to, or I wonder if he's going to be gone, or if he's going to be just as relentless uh, to to get Jill back as she is to get Fenmore's back. Um, Colin did go to Jack to ask for more time uh, to come up with the money on Jill's behalf. So I have a feeling that he's going to continue uh, to work to try to help her toward that cause. I'm wondering if maybe his big deal is going to pay off and he'll find a way to rebuy the company for her, uh, to repay her maybe and then some. And, you know, I don't know, though, even, even, even if... Colin is able to have a really big payday, and even if he's able to help Jill get the Fenmore's shares, I don't know that all will be forgiven.
Maybe Jill will be looking for a reason to forgive Colin in sort of the same way that Devon was looking for a reason to forgive Hillary. Hillary is such an interesting character to me. In a way, I think that Hillary makes Devon more interesting to me because I was really engaged in their story this week. I found myself really caring about both of these people, and I have thought that Devon is kind of a dud character in the past. Uh, he he doesn't always bring a lot of drama. He doesn't always do a whole lot. He's kind of one of those characters that's always a little bit stable, not always that interesting, but I really cared about him this week, and he was being such a puppy dog. He was, he was following her around, I think really looking for a reason to forgive her, and he found it. Um, I, was, I was very glad. Uh, we had the big, brash and sad interview of uh, at GC Buzz. Mariah and Hillary were interviewing Victoria and uh, Lily to talk about the lo- the new line. Um, I, I, I have to say this. I and I don't I don't like saying it, but I'm kind of over GC Buzz. Um, it had potential at first, but I'm sort of bored with it right now. Um, I don't know. I wish that there was something something else that these people could do. But the inter- the interview did have its highlights. It turned out really fun. I mean, Hillary, you gotta give her credit. She knows how to get the scoop and how to turn it around and make an interview really fun that people are gonna want to talk about. And and I had fun by the end of it. I mean, I was thrilled. I was smiling. I was laughing. Uh, Hillary picks up on the tension that's going on between Kane and Jordan. And of course we think that Hillary's going to do something with that. Uh, Lily is is one of her longtime enemies. These two ladies have never gotten along. And so when Hillary hijacks the interview away from boring old Victoria, blah, 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 and about (laughs) whatever she's blah, 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 and about, you thought, oh no, what is she going to do? Is she going to call out Lily on her relationship with Jordan? in front of Kane. I mean, it was almost, I'm like, I'm watching it with my eyes, uh, with my hands over my eyes thinking, oh no, is this gonna, she's gonna steer this into a train wreck. Uh, but she didn't. She turned it into something really fun. She, she doesn't take the opportunity to nail Lily and instead she gives the viewers, <laughs> also known as me, <laughs> an eyeful of shirtless guys. Thank you very much, Hillary. I mean, you can complain about Hillary all you want, but she did give us shirtless guys this week. <laughs> uh, hashtag who has the best body. <laughs> oh, I should have made that the poll this week. Who do you guys think has the best body? Uh, I, it was it was it was all happening so fast. But we had Kane whipping off his shirt, and then Jordan whipping off his shirt. It was nice. It was like, Jordan is really cute. He really is. I just from seeing his pictures uh, when the casting was announced. I. I I didn't think it was he was going to be all that, but he uh, he looked like I don't know something about his personality and his little smile and the way he talks. I think is really sexy. He's a good addition to the show. Plus, we need some new men. <laughs> we need some new guys. Um, and I I enjoyed the the, the shirt. Let's see. Welcome to YNR. Welcome to Genoa City. Now take off your shirt. <laughs> they know what the viewers really want. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Devon is like. 
a little boy. I, he's so he's so proud of of Hillary, I think, and and he 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 kind of goes over sheepishly to her uh, after the interview, and he's like, he's essentially says, "I miss you. Let's make out." <laughs> and he just attacks her, plants this big old kiss on her, which I'm not sure how she's going to react to. Uh, she has kind of written him off. They had a big. Well, I don't know. If she's written him off, but they had a, an argument uh, again this week, and uh, and you know, it seemed like she was really trying to move on. She told him, I don't want your money for the hundredth time. Uh, I, I have gotten by with no money before and I will get by again. And I think that's what Devon needed to hear. It was his last straw. So he just goes in for the kiss. I, I am, I'm rooting for them to get back together. Like I said, Hillary makes me care about Devon and therefore I feel invested in the couple. I think it would be an interesting twist though if she decided to not go back to him. I mean, what if she says, no thanks, you doubted me, which he had reason to, let's be real, uh, but at the same time, it would be kind of interesting to see her turn on him, maybe turn toward Jordan or something, I don't know, I don't know. She did, they did have a little bit of chemistry there, not gonna lie. <laughs> but I liked the way, uh, I think it was like Wednesday's episode that it ended with Devon and Hillary kissing, and then we we flashed over to Lillian Kane's makeout sesh. Uh, this week, uh, Lily gave Kane wood. <laughs> oh gosh, I got I got um, phone calls uh, this week from both Melissa and Nancy, uh, their mother daughter viewers of YNR, and they really appreciated uh, the, my my joke last week about uh, Kane giving Lily the box of wood for their for their fifth anniversary. I have to admit. I, I sometimes will go back and listen to YNR chat, and last week I specifically thought to myself, I cannot listen, I cannot listen to myself make that horrible, horrible joke, but here I did it again. <laughs> oh well, I feel like if one person liked it, then then all right, I feel justified. And uh, I had no idea uh, that Nancy, <laughs> ha Nancy has a wood box also she received for, for her uh, for her fifth anniversary, so uh, I, I I had a feeling you had a wood box. Uh, <laughs> Nancy. Oh my goodness. Okay, okay, okay. I'm bringing it back, bringing it back. Uh, I actually really do like Lily and Kane. As they were ma making out, I thought to myself, I hope that they don't break up over the Jordan thing or anything else. They just, they have a lot of chemistry to me. Uh, but I do think that Jordan is going to be a problem for them one way or another. Uh, Kane, he, he's just, he's, he, he's feeling jealous to me. I think he's going through something right now. He's feeling inferior or he's kind of got an insecurity thing going on right now. I wonder if that's going to translate itself into his relationship with Lily. It has certainly translated itself into his business relationships right now. Uh, Kane really flips out at Victoria for hiring Jordan, for one thing. Um, sorry, but <sighs> I love you, Kane, and I'm totally on board with you, but Victoria does not have to explain to you uh, why she hired a photographer. That, that seems a little bit much for him to be upset about. I think he is, of course, he's understandably, I think, upset about Victoria making unilateral decisions, but she also, it's just she doesn't owe him explanations about every single little thing. She's the boss. This is reality. I don't like it either, Kane. I would have liked to have seen you 
step it up and be able to have the opportunity of that you that you're looking for but um at the same time you're, you're not gonna get it here so he i i, I can't could just go get another job but i i, I think that I think that it, it's partly out of pride at this point that he doesn't, and I'm wondering if it's partly out of Kane wanting to keep an eye on Lily. Reed finds out about Jill's heart attack, and he takes from it kind of a carpe diem approach rather than a cherish your loved ones, appreciate your mom kind of approach. He just grabbed that guitar, he runs out to the underground and sneaks in, uh, well, with Noah's approval, to the open mic night and... He kills it. He's amazing. He's really, really good. I was so, I was completely surprised when he opened his mouth and started singing. I'm like, this guy is really good. I like Reed. I think he's a cute, he's just a cutie. And he seems really sincere, especially in the delivery of his lines. He, he the innocence really comes off. I don't, is the, is, is he really young? I don't know anything about the actor. I'm not sure how, how old he actually is, but uh, he's like the whole package. He's talented and he's cute and he's nice. I just like him a lot and he's a sensation. He's all over GC Buzz now. Mariah recorded his uh, his performance, put it up on the website, and now everybody is raving. He's got his first little groupies. <laughs> I mean, well, well done. I think that Reed did a whole lot better than the broken-hearted exes <laughs> at the open mic night. That was funny. That was really cute. Uh, it was it was painfully funny we'll call it that <laughs> uh, but by the way like is there a way to download these songs or something what do we know about the songs who wrote it somebody had to write it did he did 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 the actor actually write the song I, if anybody has any additional info on that I would I would love to know I, I think it was great but I mean here's the thing look it was wrong for Reed to sneak out. Reed broke the rules. Uh, Victoria set a rule. Reed disregarded it. And it's not the child's job to pick and choose which rules he wants to follow. He did a bad thing. He's a high schooler. He's at a bar on a school night. I wouldn't want that for my teen either. The problem is the trust between Victoria and Reed is really eroded at this point. Uh, she's put her foot down so hard on to Reed that she's like crushing his dreams. Uh, it's just, it's not working. The, the whole iron fist thing. And a good manager, you know, we've said that Victoria treats Reed like he's a business project, but a good manager knows that you can manage people and you need to manage people in different ways. People are different. No, you know, it's not just a black and white thing. And I think that's the sort of mindset that Victoria is. She's very left brained. She probably loves looking at data and reports, and that's just who she is. But Reed's not a data, Reed's not a report. Uh, he's a human being, and she's not really connecting with him and trying to understand who he is, what makes him tick, and then using that information to parent him. Um, I, I, I don't understand why from the beginning, Victoria, as Reed was expressing interest in doing the open mic night, which is a harmless thing, I don't know why she wouldn't offer to just 
go with him. That's what I would have done. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want my high schooler at a bar, but you know, I would understand that my uh, my nephew owns the bar. There's lots of family there looking out for him. What's the harm in letting him perform? And if she was so concerned about it, she should have just gone with him. She should be trying to encourage his interests, and instead, she's really trying to take them away from him. Um, it's just it's the approach is not working. I understand where Victoria is coming from, but the approach is not working. And unfortunately, she ended up hearing about Reed's smash success at the uh, at the at the uh, underground from Nick. She didn't know he was there. Nick didn't know that she didn't know that he was there. And so he tells her and she is immediately infuriated. She wants to go and punish, punish, punish. That's what she knows how to do because she is used to parenting younger children and, and it works that way. But Billy and Nick are able to talk her into a kinder, kinder and gentler approach, almost a little bit. They try. Uh, Victoria confronts Reed as soon as he comes home from the library. He was not really at the library. He was at the library, but then he was at the underground again. I mean, I get it. He's a bad. He's being a bad boy. <laughs> uh, but I guess you got to be flexible with your parenting methods. And Billy's really trying to help her do that. Uh, she's waiting for Reed when he comes home. Billy is right there. Uh, he's, he's in the background, kind of playing dad. He's, uh, or I don't know, maybe it was like a good cop. They kind of good copped, bad copped uh, Reed. And, and, and Billy ended up being a mediator between them as Victoria is trying to be harsh and Reed is trying to just be a, the kid that he is. Uh, Billy's there trying to interpret and, and help the son understand the mother and help the mother understand the son. Um, but it, it's like Victoria, she's not going to fully listen to what Billy has to to say she's she is kind of a dream crusher at this point she uh, she sees you know she hasn't she doesn't want to see the video of of Reed she says um you know and they he offers to you know that you know you can see it and she's like no I don't need to see it she doesn't want to see how good her son is and she has this little aside with him that you know even though your video got a lot of views you know a lot of people think they're going to be artists and it doesn't really work out which is again it's really practical I mean uh, it is true it is absolutely true. And I'm sure she doesn't want Reed throwing away his education so that he can uh, chase something that, you know, is really, there's a slim possibility that will work out into a career. So I get where she's coming from, but the way she said it just seemed like such a dream crusher. And every single week, I think, ends with Victoria and Reed having an argument, him calling her cold, and then running upstairs or running away from her. So um, it's, it's really, their relationship has devolved. I do think that Billy has been helpful to Victoria, helping her balance it out. But And I did think it was entertaining, but there's also another part of me that wants Billy to butt out. He's there in the background always, kind of acting like... He's Reed's dad, and he's not Reed's dad. Where is Reed's dad is my question here. I feel like now would be the perfect time to bring JT back on the scene, considering the fact that Amelia's married to him. Why not? I wonder if he doesn't want to be involved in the show anymore or what, but it would just be absolutely perfect. It could create a little triangle. I just, I mean, you can't, you probably can't deny that Victoria and JT would have some chemistry, so I, I would... I would really like that. I don't, I don't know why YNR doesn't do it. Ugh. 
I don't know. A note to my future self, though, when a kid says that they're at the library, it's at least a partial lie. I am never gonna not be suspicious when my daughter says she's going to the library, because it's like they're trying to mask it as saying I'm doing something for school. But do, ki do, do kids even go to the library anymore? Isn't everything online? Welcome to Sharon 2.0. I love this. I'm so, so happy with Sharon this week. I think it's fantastic that she has realized how Dylan has given her the very best possible vehicle for her to move on with her life. She owns the coffee house now for the second time. And we had this wonderful flashback of right when Nick and Sharon brought the place. They were there with Cassie thinking about all of the things that they were going to do with the place. It was just wonderful. Do you guys remember back in the day when kids on the show were charming? <laughs> oh, I just love it so much. Sharon quits Chelsea 2.0 and announces that she's the official manager of Crimson Lights, and I absolutely couldn't be happier. The coffee house completely becomes her. Uh, it's just, it's nice to see, for one, her out in public. I, she's been holed up at home for a really long time. We haven't seen her much outside of that house since before the whole Christian Solly thing has gone on. And before that, she was at the psych ward. It's just been a dark, dark Sharon. And we're bringing her out into the daylight now. We're, getting, we're giving her some wonderful outfits to work with. I loved the two sweaters that she had on this week. The first one was really cute. It was like black and white and it had these little puffs, tiny puffs on it uh, in, in the alternate color and it looked like those puffs that you get at the craft store if you're like doing a coloring page or something and you want to glue on a little puff ball that looks like a dog tail or a bunny tail yeah a bunny tail it was really cute it was really uh I just I liked the sweater I also liked the sweater that she picked for her first official day as manager of the coffee house it was um kind of a off-the-shoulder deep purple sweater. It looked really soft. I wanted to like go up and touch it and she had on these lavender pants and she just looked nice going around picking up, you know, bussing tables, picking up napkins and coffee cups. It was totally impractical for a Wisconsin winter being out in public in a place where people are whipping open the door, like opening, closing door and she's got bare shoulders, but she looked really beautiful. I had fun with it. Uh, it was also really refreshing to see her having kind of a sort of maybe truce with Nikki, uh, sort of truce for now. Anyway, uh, I, Nikki went, or excuse me, Sharon went to Nikki's house to apologize for job, dropping the pitcher of milk right over her head. And Nikki, I mean, she really could have hated Sharon at any point along this journey for what happened with Dylan uh, and then for the milk incident. But instead, Nikki happened to have this idea that she is going to start a foundation for abused women in honor of Dylan and she really wanted Sharon to help out with that. I thought that was great. Are we actually going to see that? Um, I would like to see Nikki taking charge of something like that and Sharon being involved in it. I, I, there was kind of a moment, though, where uh, Sharon said, why would you want me to do this? And uh, <laughs> Nikki said something to the effect of that. I, I really think that you could, you, Sharon, could really relate with these broken, insecure women. <laughs> uh, Sharon, 
Aaron kind of goes, uh, thank you, I think. But I, I was, I was thinking that is the very definition of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it was a, a really, uh, a really nice, a really sweet scene. I hope that we continue to see this for a while, at least. Um, Nikki this week also bumps into Noah at the underground and Noah is really down on Dylan and so Nikki's trying to maybe soften Noah, give him, you know, a different perspective on what happened with the Dylan situation without telling him the whole truth that Dylan is in witness protection, which is a very, very dicey thing, but she lets slip just enough to make Noah curious and he goes to the coffee house to talk to Sharon about it and she confides in him. She tells Noah the whole truth. Uh, she says, I think that, you know, I think Victor and Nikki know the whole story, but nobody who's on my side knows the story. So I think that um, she told Noah as a way to have an ally, somebody on earth that she could talk to about her feelings, um, <clears throat> which are not going to go over away, you know, go away overnight. Sharon has a huge burden to still carry uh, when it comes to the relationship with Dylan, losing him and then having to protect that he left her uh, due to, to her lies. So um, Sharon confides in Noah and Noah in turn confides in Sharon that he has broken up with Marissa. Uh, big surprise. I, I yeah, we, we really could have seen that one coming from a mile away, right? I liked Noah and Marissa, but at the same time, I always had a feeling that that relationship was never going to last. <laughs> I just don't think that the rich kid from Genoa City uh, was a full match for the salty, sultry, salty Spanish siren. <laughs> We are continuing to see our new YNR intros this week. We had Jill and Esther. I thought that Jill looked good. I thought that Esther looked good. I bet there is some story behind Esther's dress. I, I know that she's very into her dresses, so I wonder if she picked that one, or I'm, I'm curious to know what's the history, uh, what's the story, anyway, behind uh, Esther's dress. We finally got to see Melody Thomas Scott this week. I really liked her background picture. Uh, she kind of turns and it just she looked she looked very curvy and just very pretty. I thought she looked great. Um, oh, jo Justin had uh, sent me a message uh, saying that he tweeted Eric Braden to ask which of all of the YNR intros he liked the best. And uh, Eric Braden responded that he didn't uh, he, he, he didn't he wasn't able to pick one, but he thought this one was damn good. <laughs> Oh, I can just I can hear him saying uh, damn good. <laughs> oh, um yeah, I let's see. I liked um I liked the way Devon looked. It's once again, I think I'm pulled into Devon because of Hillary and of course, Hillary looked like a smoke bomb. I mean, she is so sexy in her intro and all the time. I just I love her. She's like one of my favorite new characters on the show. I can't help myself. Uh, but I mean, overall, I think everybody really liked the new intros. We had a poll last week and 86% of you said, "Love, love, love the new intros." 14% said 
bad. Uh, they hated him. I, you know, honestly, um, I, I even though I was critical of uh, the L, the diamond and the rose and the champagne glasses, uh, I I only saw one other person even mention that. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm alone on that front. I still voted that I love the new uh, the new intro, but I'm never gonna be able to unsee it. I don't think I'm ever gonna love seeing that stupid spotlight turning around. I just it's the one thing about it that I just don't like and I don't know why. Everybody else loved it. I mean, I saw several people saying, I love that. I can't believe you don't like that. I love that part. So it's just me. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, everybody else loved it and that's what's important. Um, and overall, I loved it. I don't know um, if, if, if we're done with them. Is that it? Is there anybody we haven't seen? Have we, have we seen Lauren yet? You are such a wuss. <laughs> not you, not you. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick is the wuss. Uh, it was Noah who said that line last week. Only three people got that quote right. I think it was, it was just, it was, um, it was embedded uh, in the show. And I just, I, the, th the word wuss just stuck out at me. So that's why I picked it. Uh, only three people got that one right. And it was Henry, of course, plus Gina and Sandra, well done, you guys. You guys caught it. I think it was a hard one. This one, I don't know. This week's, you might be able to get, because it was, it was a good one. Um, I don't like to waste food. <laughs> I don't like to waste food. Who said it? If you remember it, then go to yrchat.com and you can leave your guess. And if you get it right, I will give you your shout out on next week's YNR Chat. You know what? Speaking of the new intros, uh, I don't know if we have seen Lauren's, and I wonder if it's because Tracy Bergman's father passed away recently. Um, I wonder if these scenes were filmed that we're seeing now with Scott were filmed previously. Maybe she didn't have a chance to to do her intro. I'm purely just guessing here. Maybe we saw it and I just don't remember it. But um, I was really sad to to learn that news. Um, Daisy on Facebook, let's read some comments, uh, has to say, with Lauren dealing with her son missing, Jack might just swoop in and try to take all of Fenmore's for himself. Okay, I gotta pause there, Daisy, because I, I, I didn't even think about that, but it's a really good possibility. Here I'm watching Jack this week thinking maybe he's turned a new leaf and he's being really sensitive, and he had a moment where Michael comes to his office and he says, look, I promise I am not going to do anything to try to do a sneak attack with Fenmore's while Lauren is away dealing with this tragedy with her son, but... You never know. I mean, especially if Phyllis is coming in and she's kind of taking, you know, Lauren's place. That puts Jack and Phyllis at odds in addition to Phyllis being at odds with Ashley. So, you, you, I mean, it's, it is certainly possible that Jack could try to pull a coup of some sort and maybe to get back at Phyllis, maybe to get back at Phyllis and also to, to, to gain control of Venmore. He's either going to get controlling interest or he's going to sell it off to Jill and we'll see what happens first. But um, Daisy goes on to say, 
I hope that Jill finds a way to get her shares back. They belong to her. I also wonder why Ashley can't sell the shares to Jill at the price that Jill originally offered. Jack isn't the sole owner of Jabot, so I don't see why Ashley can't do what Lauren did and sell the shares to Jill without Jack's involvement. I would love to see that happen, Daisy says. I didn't even think of that either. But why is Jack able to just make these unilateral decisions? Is Jabot a publicly traded company? I don't think so, but I, I think... At the very least, the other siblings have equal rights. Uh, Jack just occupies the position of CEO. So there's no reason that Ashley couldn't call a board meeting and d decide to sell off uh, the shares of Fenmore's. I I I'm really assuming that we're going to see a coup there. I believe wholeheartedly that we're going to be seeing Ashley sitting in that chair uh, before the year is over, at least. Um, Sandra at YRChat.com says, When Ravi first showed up on screen, a lot of us thought he might go all stalker on Ashley. But what if Ashley is the one who stalks Ravi? I hadn't even thought of that. There is something really obsessive about the way Ashley is treating Ravi. I like the friendship, if that's all it is. I'm hoping that that's all it is, but I, she does kind of obsess over him a little bit, right? It's unhealthy. <laughs> uh, I mean, being friends is one thing, but telling him who he can be friends with other than her is weird to me. T. Nicole at YRChat.com says, Billy annoys me when he comes in between Kane and Victoria, acting like Kane has no right to be upset or causes all the problems. But I love him for the comedic relief between Vict the Victoria and Reed scenes. Uh, I just have to say, um, T. Nicole, that I, I, I also had forgotten to mention the fact that I was annoyed with Billy when he got all up on Kane during the interview. Um, we, they, the, the interview shifted to being less about Victoria, Kane jumped right in there, made it fun, and and whipped off his shirt and later said, hey, look, I know that this wasn't the original direction for the interview, but I had to go with it. And you know what? I probably just sold some dare by Brash and Sassy. So the end result is what we wanted it to be. Because Billy jumped in there and he was really upset with Kane for what he did. And then he was like grump, grump, grumping at Victoria later. Victoria even said, uh, Billy, it's fine. We so we sold. It doesn't need to be about me. We sold the product. It was a hit. The interview was great. Lay off. So yeah, I was I was irritated with him um, in that instance too. And I mean, yeah, it was com it was comedic in the Victoria and Reed scenes. I just I I. I I'm trying to be more understanding of Billy, but he did. He, he he's different right now, right? I mean, Billy seems much more dominant. He seems much more um, like I, I don't know. He's just got a chip on his shoulder, obviously. Tina Cole um, also goes on to say, by the way, that I think the show is trying to make it look like Lily will cheat on Kane with Jordan, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. She just cheated on him with Joe and won't walk down that road again. Maybe Kane will overreact in his mind and think that she did, and he will end up being the one to have an affair. Um, uh, Tina Cole, I had to mention this too because I saw um, a casting update that we're going to have someone new coming into Brash and Sassy 
Cassie. Her name is Lore Allen, and she is going to be cast as a woman named Juliet. And of course, she's gorgeous. <laughs> so I'm kind of wondering if you're right. I wonder if Kane is going to assume something's going on with Jordan and Lily because he has that in the back of his mind that she cheated on him with Joe. And then who knows, maybe he's going to turn to someone like Juliet. Cheyenne at YRChat.com says, I enjoyed this week's GC Buzz interview with Brash and Sassy because it was fun and we got to see characters that we that don't normally hang out with each other. I'm glad you said that, Cheyenne, because you're balancing me out. I think maybe I'm kind of sick of the GC Buzz set more than anything. I wouldn't like to see maybe some more interviews. I like the interview style, but that big GC Buzz, maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a visual thing that I'm not feeling it right now, but it's, it's, it's appropriate. It's right for what it needs to be. I would also, like, I wouldn't mind seeing the fact that Sharon has the coffee house now. Nick has the underground. If we're going to be stuck seeing the underground, those are more opportunities to see characters who don't normally interact uh, be, be with each other. But yeah, I mean, you make a really good point there. That was a good one. Um, Anna left me a voicemail saying, I cannot believe that Sharon confided in Noah. She's not supposed to confide in anybody. Yeah, I mean, I I understand why ultimately Sharon just wanted to have somebody on her side, just wanted somebody to, to be able to talk to about it. But, but by telling anyone about what happened truly with Dylan, she's putting herself and she's putting Dylan in danger. And I agree, it was a little bit surprising. And I, I was thinking, whoa, I can't believe she's actually uh, saying this. I hope that Noah is able to keep his mouth shut about it. Uh, I'm sure he will. Uh, Nathan at YRChat.com says, I'm wondering what Noah's storyline is going to be like in the next few months with the fallout of this relationship. He could just blow it off and keep working at the underground, but he could also self-destruct in his own loneliness. Uh, Rocks, 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 Grace on YouTube says, Allie, are you jumping in the Noah Chelsea ship? I think they have so much more chemistry than Nick and Chelsea. Wow. Well, Nathan and Rocks, 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 Grace uh, make a good point. What is it that's going to become of Noah? He is a character that was off screen for quite a while. Now, all of a sudden, he's back at the underground. He's getting a lot of interaction with the other characters. What are we going to see from him? I like that he's in a support role for Sharon. Um, and I agree. I'd like to see him, uh, you know, either, you know, I want to see something meaty from him, whether it is, as Nathan says, him kind of self-destructing or uh, in, a, in a new relationship. It didn't even dawn on me that Chelsea and Noah could possibly have a relationship. Yeah, that would be fine as long as it's not a triangle. Please, I don't want to see uh, Nick, Noah, Chelsea triangle. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anything else would be fine. Uh, Gary left me a voicemail this week saying, I'm such a sap. I to I'm totally touched by the Nikki and Sharon scenes. I love to see people coming together. I love to see people bonding. This is the kind of storyline that they did in the early days, trying to inspire others, uh, bringing not in just the rich and the poor, or not just the rich, but the poor uh, as well. Um, Gary also says that it, you know, he kind of feels like having an, you know, shelter for abused women, uh, it, you know, just 
it is a more incorporated landscape for the show, kind of balances out the playing field. Um, and also Gary mentioned that he read an interview in Soap Opera Digest with John McCook, and he was saying that uh, all of the um, the cheers coming from the YNR side of the set, uh, you know, Bold and the Beautiful being right next to each other, were like audible, that he could hear people clapping and cheering when Kay Alden and Sally Sussman took over the show. I thought that was, I didn't know that, Gary. I thought that was so very, uh, very sweet. I mean, Kay Alden and Sally Sussman are, they're taking YNR back to its roots and its beginnings, and you can really feel it. It is really apparent. I thought that the dialogue was really excellent this week. Um, it was, you know, between Nikki and Sharon, like, like you mentioned, uh, but also we had some good quippy dialogue between Phyllis and Ashley, uh, between uh, Colin and Jill, we had some good lines. Even between Colin and Neil, it wasn't that was an unexpected interaction that really meant something, uh, and it was really deep and good. Uh, and, and speaking of that, the Nick and Chelsea conversation in the coffee house where they were talking about their toddlers and you know the, and, and saying we should be happy that they're in this toddler stage because we're gonna blink our eye and it's gonna be over. And you know, I really I liked I liked the writing right now but that scene in particular stuck with me I thought about that later um and, I mean uh, you know of course like I'm thinking about this when it's it's midnight and my daughter's crying and I'm, I'm thinking uh you know when is this crying phase gonna be over and then and then actually reflecting back to something that Nikki Nick and, and Chelsea said you know it's gonna be over in the blink of an eye <laughs> You're so cute. Okay, everybody, that does it for me for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the chat. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And that you leave me some comments. You got your YRChat.com where you can leave comments on the blog. You got YouTube. You got Facebook. And you've got voicemails, 309-588-4569. I usually check comments by Saturday morning. So if you want to get me in your comment before uh, I start prepping for, for YNR chat, Saturday morning um, is is the, the, the date and the time <laughs> uh, because I really do love getting comments that are about this whole week's show so that I can read them uh, aloud at the end uh, but you guys are usually pretty good about that so um, please keep them coming as you're watching the show this next week and come back next week and we'll chat again about it all <laughs> I love you guys and I'll see you next time bye